Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten moldy mascot memorabilia, often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at njm.com. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, yeah. he's not. Fra- if Frankenstein, the doctor, was Jewish, yeah, he was. And Frankenstein, the monster, was his son. Technically, he's not officially Jewish because technically right. the mother has to be Jewish. The wife of Frankenstein, we have to know what her religion was. Frankenstein's monster had a fucking wife. You're talking about the only person Dr. Frankenstein was fucking was Bent Igor. <laughs> oh, I know. That's sad. You know they were fucking each other. Well, that's how he got the hunch. I heard that they... <laughs> we definitely got a hint. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it cackin' his ears. All right. So this is the last <laughs> podcast on the left. I'm Ben Kissel. That is Marcus Parks. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Where are you, Henry? I don't certainly don't feel like I slept at a bus stop last night. <laughs> you That's for certain. That's great. I got a little bit of what maybe someone maybe call a hangover, mm, and I'm just okay. like, I'm a bit of a hangover, Henry Zabrowski today. But guess what? <laughs> I'm certainly not questioning everything. That's fine. Well, you know what helps hangovers? Carbs. And today we got a <laughs> carbo load of horror in our creepy pasta episode. <laughs> we we have not done a spooky spaghetti episode in quite a while. We've covered such serious subjects, so what a fun palate cleanser this will be. It is fun. And what <laughs> I like most about creepypastas is, is the effort that we're not put into writing them. <laughs> yes, but Marcus did an amazing research he and he found some great stories for us this oh, week. Got some oh yeah, there's a lot of crap out there as far as creepypasta goes, but there's some really fun stuff out there and I was able to find uh, some pretty fun stories for us to read. Because we have the guys from SCP today that we'll talk about. Yeah, SCP, which is quality, quality, quality creepypasta. High it's, quality. Yeah, high yeah, quality. it's real cool stuff. Okay, fresh. Cool. It's like fresh stuff like yeah, from Mario Batali. <laughs> oh, Mario Batali, can you imagine how his feet smell in those claws? He wears mm, wet Ooh, mozzarella, big orange fucking rubber shoes. Yeah, he his wears tiny orange feet just yeah. jammed in there, covered in chef sweat. Think about that. That man Oof. uses his stiff, weird, wet hands no. to make pasta fresh for your faces. Yeah, and you pay him a thousand dollars for well, it. In any other industry, it's considered if you're large or if you're obese, it's considered kind of disgusting. Well, I'm gonna... except for if you're in the culinary arts, they're like, well, he, you know, he makes good food. He eats half yeah, of it. Yeah, Ben never trusts a skinny chef. 
but that's that is, right. That is fucking true. But the thing is about Food Network. This is going to come stop off for one second. It makes me really upset. Food Network sent out a mandate where all their chefs had we, to lose weight. Are we doing real talk right I'm now? I'm just saying. They <laughs> is this a real talk yeah, episode? This is real talk. Food okay. Network sent out a whole mandate saying their chefs have to lose weight, which is why Alton Brown looks like a Holocaust survivor. Oh. And the problem is that you can't. They have to go back to being fat. If you're I, a chef, you should be fat. The problem is that Mario yeah. Vitale looks like his body smells like Parmesan. Yes, it does. It and does. His, ooh, the nipples like little pepperoons. All right. All right. So before we do this, like, like, like as this tradition, mm-hmm. then. Sure. Um, I just want to make sure. So, if you're at your office right now, slip off your underwear. If you're a man, go into the. I want you to go into the stall right now, wherever you are in the office. I, I'm sure if you've worked in an office, you've sharded your pants before, because I know I did. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of Indian food and I sharded my pants <laughs> okay. at lunch. Go in the office. I want you to, st- to take off your fucking dumpy khakis and I want you to pull off your underwear and I want to throw it out just so you feel free. Go back to your desk. If you're a woman, just look on your skirt for a second. <laughs> right? Just know that there. Know that your vagina is there. Know that your penis is there. All right? If you're at home, draw a bath. A cold one. So it's like oh. you're sitting in a fucking bucket of farm water. And I want yeah. you to go and you pick some, pick some of the finest, thickest, orange-haired Garfield fucking toes that you got in your fucking collection in your old cedar box and open it up and then get some fucking that cool new clear hemp paper. Have you seen that oh, shit? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty good. good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Burns your fingers. Oh. Actually bad for the for smoking. Right, they are. But crumble it up, fucking toke it down, down to your fucking gnarly lips, you dogs, <laughs> and fucking get rippity ripped because we're about to enter Tentatively, footstep by footstep into the graveyard world that is creepy pastas. Creepy pastas. Mm. Okay, <laughs> very nice. So now that you're sitting like a cold stone broccoli <laughs> in freezing water, you can be nothing but comfortable. Am I first? You yes. first. <clears throat> this is a story called "I Told You to Smile" by Hyuk Hongbin two three eight. Thank you, Hyuk Hongbin. Hyuk Hongbin. It was the 2nd of January, 2.04 a.m. I woke up to a knocking on the door. One knock every three seconds. I slipped on my slippers and walked down the stairs. As I walked down, the knocking on the door got faster, almost like a heartbeat. Dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. When I got to the door, the knocking stopped. I looked outside, and nobody was there. I went back up to my room and went back to bed, thinking it was about some kids playing a prank, which would have infuriated me. Oh, yeah. At 4.21 a.m., I woke up to the front door slamming shut. I jumped, terrified. I looked over at my frosted window to find Smile written all over it in the frost. I grabbed my phone next to me, ready to call 911, only to find a message written on it saying, I told you to smile. I cried and ran for my life, running outside of my home. As soon as I got outside, I knocked on my neighbor's house across the road. They answered and held me while I sobbed. You're <laughs> really overreacting, I think. They phoned the police at exactly 542. The police came to my neighbor's house after an extensive search of my house. They told me there had been no evidence at all of anyone in my house other than me. 
The messages on the window were gone. Same with my phone. They told me to get some sleep and advised me to see the doctor about stress and anxiety problems. Fuck that. I knew what happened to me was real. And I told those pigs to take their fucking hooves and okay, walk back well, to their fucking then, cars. Now Fuck you're, you. You're improvising. Fuck authority. Well, I don't think you said that. Fuck a Doesn't seem to be written here. The following evening after spending the day at my neighbor's, I went home. I went up to my bedroom and set up a camera. It was aimed at my bedroom door and my bed. I set it to record and went to sleep. Thankfully, I slept through the night. However, as I watched the footage, I couldn't believe what I saw. At three in the morning, something crawled out from under my bed. It was a completely naked, anorexic man. He stood up and looked at me on the bed. He did so for another hour, not moving at all. Then he moved. He walked over to the camera until his face took up the whole shot. He was extremely pale and had bulging veins all over his head. His eyes were completely black, with a huge smile on his face. He stared at the camera for another two hours, not blinking, just slightly twisting his head every now and again. After two hours of him staring went past, he walked back over to my bed and crawled back under. I skipped the video forward until it showed me getting up and walking over to the camera. The video finished. I was frozen with fear. The video showed him going back under but not leaving. Whatever it was, it was still there. It was phone. phone. It was phone. I thought it was Chris Helmsworth. Isn't that he's nice? getting skinny since he stopped being Thor? Oh, I love him in, as Thor. What's so funny? I couldn't help but think if the tall greys do come to visit, how long would it take for them to develop an eating disorder? So or we're fast. just like you're anorexic. You need to eat. You're no, gross. We are a superior race. We are here to say no. You're like too skinny. We only eat as much as we need. No, we you only just... require as much energy as required to live. No, you need to carbo load. You're skinny. And they're just like, Earth shattered us and our self-esteem. We had so much confidence, but they don't respect brain power. One look at Scarlett Johansson and I knew, how would I ever be as perfect as she? (laughs) The mass suicide of the grades because they can never live up to our health and beauty standards, which are impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible. Because you know what legitimately impossible things are Photoshop. Right. All right, and Lena Dunham being perfect. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, she's a treasure, isn't she? God. She's a treasure. She's like if Winnie the Pooh had nipples. <laughs> oh, I, well, yeah, he didn't, did he? Huh. All right, so now it's my turn. Now, this story is called Wristbands. It's a yeah. classic, yeah. This is a classic. All right, so uh, Ben, that's my name, yep. Wristbands. And we, and we have no, uh, we have no uh, author. No, no, no. This is a, this is a classic one. It's been floating around for a while. Folklore, folklore. I see. All right. So this one starts off with all these uh, words here. Uh, when you are admitted to a hospital, they place on your wrist a, a white wristband with your name on it. So then they know who you are. You know. Yeah. But yeah. there are no other. But there are different colored wristbands which symbolize other things. The red wristbands are placed on dead people. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, they are. Toe tags. Is, I they had toe tags. No, but that's a different story. That no, ruins the, the concept of wristbands. No, it's like the red wristbands, then they can go to, like, they can get backstage at, you know, at, at, at Bumble Like Alice shoot. Cooper, where yeah. he's just like, sometimes yeah. I keep the dead back here. They're dying to right. get backstage. Red you know? wristbands are like, I'm over 21 and I'm dead. I can drink a bunch of booze. Okay, so the red wristbands are placed on dead people. There was a surgeon who worked on the night shift in a school hospital. He had just finished an operation and was on his way to the basement. He entered the elevator, and there was just 
just one other person there. He casually chatted with the woman while the elevator descended. When the elevator door opened, another woman was about to enter when the doctor slammed the close button and punched the button to the highest floor. <laughs> you just hit it. Just And then it's an aggressive move just standing next to a woman in a closed box. <laughs> well, I mean, start punching the wall. Yeah. See, no matter how stressed you are, you can still just push it with your finger. The button there. But he really went nuts. He was punching it. Surprise the woman rep. Okay, so now the, so the guy's punching the elevator door. Yeah, and go this to the This is how I hit your tits. This is how I hit your, oh, hit your tits. Well, he did. He's a doctor, Henry. <laughs> Surprised, the woman reprimanded the doctor for being rude and asked why he did not let the other woman in because he just closed the elevator doors right on her. And the doctor said, That was the woman I just operated on. She died while I was doing the operation. Didn't you see the red wristband she was wearing? So he was a terrible doctor. <laughs> uh, we know that for a fact. The woman smiled, raised her arm, and said, Something like this. Fuck! <laughs> this is a bracelet I wore to the hospital. I'm alive. Oh, okay. Very, you were, oh, you were just at uh, Six Flags. Bitch, yeah. it is something like this. You know what? It is something. Is, it's quite like that. Very cool. So the doctor was a terrible doctor, and he was haunted by a patient. And I actually think that's a great reward for any doctor who fails on the operating table. I think that doctors would, would spend a lot more time making sure that they did a better job if they were haunted by the ghosts of the people they killed. I agree. Yeah, well, I think it should be a temporary haunting, though. No! Like, no, no, no. They should like, be spending their lives bent with misery. 45 yeah. minutes tops. <laughs> otherwise, how are, otherwise, how are they going to concentrate on the next one? By making sure to fuck. <laughs> they save the next one. Yeah, that's true. I went to the Winchester house uh, as a part of our trip from Los Angeles to San Francisco. The, what is that house? It is written uh, built by the heir of the Winchester rifle family, Sarah Winchester, oh. and it's basically built about the how her life was haunted by the ghosts of the pe- the victims of Winchester rifles that was invented by her husband. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. The hammers must never stop. It's pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty brosive. And you go in there, and she had a big kitchen, and she had a long dining room table, and a lot of living rooms. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Well, the whole thing about it was that she could never let the construction of the building stop, that the hammers must never stop. So it's a really bizarre place with, like, you know, doors that open to nowhere, uh, these and, gigantic, you know, just none of it makes sense. It's like a big uh, maze. And I've heard about huh. this house for many years. Uh, and, you know, and you, you hear about the ideas of the, the staircases that go to nowhere and the doors that open to nowhere. And it seems like a cool idea. And then when you see it in person, it's really fucking haunting. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really madness. Like, before, it just sounds like a concept. But it's like, there's a door that literally just leads outside of the house. And it's stuff like, if you just ha- so happen to be Isn't a blind just- newsboy who's in there delivering milk jugs that day because he, the milk jug guy died of a fucking heart attack in his sleep, you go through the wrong door. You become another ghost mm-hmm. of the Winchester house. Cool. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole swamp thing issue about it. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> Mr. Parks, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, this one is from a, uh, a website called SCP, and it's really cool. What it is is that it's the whole concept of the website is that there's this secret research facility that finds and captures cryptids and other strange macabre things, uh, and uh, all of them, like, they write case files on all of them. It's is like, it real? Y- yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's on the internet. It's on the internet. So this one, uh, this is the case file for item SCP-173. Ooh. Object class, Euclid. Description. Move to Site-19, 1993. Origin is as of yet unknown. SCP-173 is animate and extremely hostile. The object cannot move while within a direct line of sight. 
Line of sight must not be broken at any time with SCP-173. Personnel assigned to enter container are instructed to alert one another before blinking. Object is reported to attack by snapping the neck at the base of the skull or by strangulation. In the event of an attack, personnel are to observe Class IV hazardous object containment procedures. Personnel report sounds of scraping stone originating from within the container when no one is present inside. This is considered normal, and any change in this behavior should be reported to the acting HMCL supervisor on duty. The reddish-brown substance on the floor is a combination of feces and blood. Origin of these materials is unknown. The enclosure must be cleaned on a bi-weekly basis. Special Containment Procedures Item SCP-173 is to be kept in a locked container at all times. When personnel must enter SCP-173's container, no fewer than three may enter at any time, and the door is to be relocked behind them. At all times, two persons must maintain direct eye contact with SCP-173 until all personnel have vacated and relocked the container. 173 recently identified as TV's Jaleel White. Yes, I was going to say the Arby's roast beef. <laughs> Sounds very similar to the procedure of getting that yeah, yeah. wet getting meat the, out of there. Getting the tongs to take it from its like weird like uh, liquid bath. stage. <laughs> so gross. That's good though, cool. I do like it, it's cool. Yeah, I love that one. Henry, you got the next one. Item number SCP-261. Object class, safe. Description. SCP-261 appears to be a large black vending machine with no front glass panel and a small keypad on the right side. SCP-261 was recovered in Yokohama, Japan. SCP-261 was brought to the Foundation's attention after an investigation of an urban legend about a magic vending machine that was circulating on the internet. SCP-261 was found in a back alley behind a large shopping center with a handwritten sign saying, Out of Oda, in Japanese taped to it. Why does it have an accent? It was written, but it was written, so... SCP-261 has no marks or identification of any kind, and no locals remember when or how it came to be in its current location. Internally, SCP-261 appears to be a basic vending machine equipped to vend food and beverage items. After a key was made and the front door open, no abnormal materials were found, and it was determined that SCP-261 has never actually contained any food or beverage items. The keypad, while connected and operating correctly, does not activate any of the dispensing mechanisms. When money is placed into SCP-261 and a three-digit number is entered on the keypad, SCP-261 will vend a random item. It is unknown how these items will appear. However, SCP-261 will not operate when the door is open or when recording devices are placed inside. The number entered on the keypad has no effect on the item vended, nor has any pattern been detected. Items are always some form of snack food and typically have bright, attention-grabbing packaging. If SCP-261 is used several times in a short period of time, and or large amounts of money are entered before an item is vended, SCP-261 will start to dispense bizarre items. While still food, their suitability for human consumption is often non-existent. Log of items vended during testing phase 8. 
The Little Bakery, Seven Grain, a small tube the size of a candy bar with a green button made of aluminum, packaging in English. When the top is twisted off, a mass of quote-unquote dough is extruded. Quote-unquote dough contains several enzymes and bacteria that have not yet been identified. On contact with air, these cause the dough to rise and quote-unquote bake killing the microbes in the process. Produces a small, round loaf of bread weighing 250 grams. Taste described as good, but chewy. Oh, so we're going to put... Dis- we're going to really... We're going to criticize what's coming out of the magical vending machine? I guess machine. so. We're going to fucking review these things? Right. We got fucking... It's good, but chewy. Jeff Sicarian is sitting there. <clears throat> Lemon clams. Thick plastic baggie with a plastic tube on the side containing water and 12 clams. Packaging in ditch. <laughs> Following on-package instructions, the plastic tube was cracked like a glow stick. Liquid in the bag flashed to steam, venting from a hole that popped open in the top of the bag, slightly burning one researcher, mm. an asshole. <laughs> Steaming finished after 38 seconds, after which clams were found to be fully cooked and infused with a mild lemon flavor. On investigation... Oh. Clams match no recorded species. Lemon clams. <laughs> well, lemon clams. I almost got food poisoning just reading that. If you get clams from Idiots. a vending machine, you deserve whatever comes. Scientists just eat whatever comes out of the thing. You oh. gotta feed it to dogs or monkeys. For, of course. If the dog lives, you can try it. All right. So this one is just unknown. It's a small mesh bag filled with small multicolored pyramids packaging in an unknown language. Pyramids found to be very hard and unpleasant tasting compared to chalk in in taste and consistency. When placed in hot water, pyramids open and produce strings that quickly dissolve, coloring the water the same shade as the pyramid. Researcher ingesting the water reported stomach cramps two hours later, but no other effects. They deserve whatever they get. (laughs) Again, I wish you would just kind of like keel over, but... Unknown. Aluminum box with a small glass window on the side and a large round button on the top, packaging in an unknown language. Box is seamless and appears to be filled with small round animals covered in fur, each with three small paws and a single large eye. Pressing the button causes the inside of the box to rapidly become superheated, cooking the small animals alive. Muffled noises and scratching were heard for several seconds during the cooking process. After one minute, 30 seconds, the front panel opens and gives access to the now-cooked animals. Professor Kane volunteered to eat the animals, with no other researchers willing to do so. I'll do it. I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had lunch yet yet. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Taste described as crunchy and very spicy, with a small hint of beef. Of beef. Oh, so wow. the first taste was crunchy. Yeah. So the first taste was like, crunchy. Yeah. Call them squirrelums. Squirrel. Beef yeah. flavored squirrelums. <laughs> now with beef. <laughs> unknown. Tall, thin aluminum can packaging in an unknown language. Opening the can caused a chemical reaction with the liquid inside the can. Liquid is apparently not intended for oxygenated atmosphere and detonated violently, causing several injuries and killing two researchers. Mm. Testing discontinued and area cleared. Testing area observed to smell like citrus. For several days. Well, that's the one you don't want. That's the one. Yeah. The we'll tall- put that on the log. Mm-hmm. 
So those are alien ones, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Either alien ones or multi-dimensional ones. I like how it plays off the Japanese idea of the vending machine culture right. as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how Japanese people fucking eat anything. <laughs> yeah, they get panties. They get liquid panties from there, too. Mm. I mean, not liquid. The panties are in liquid. The yeah, but they don't even... Are. They literally... Those models don't wear those panties. They they find a rub... They rub fucking tuna can, empty tuna cans with them, and then <laughs> no, toss them in there. No, that's not true. Yeah, no. there's no, a picture of them wearing the panties. No, they're not wearing these panties. There's no way. Oh, those I girls think. are dead. No, they're... <laughs> All right. All right, very good vending machine story. Yeah. Man. Surprisingly, you know- for, for a vending machine story, it's yeah. very good. Right. Definitely written by a heavy person. <laughs> Just <laughs> sitting <laughs> thinking about, you get big, big magic vending machine. You get any kind of snack in the world. I'm tired of everything that's in a vending machine at the office. I wish there was a magic one that gave me something weird. I've become bored <laughs> with all the vending machine culture. <laughs> I agree. Vending machines are very important to the office. Oh, Henry. Oh, how passive. <laughs> All right. So now I got to read a story. This one is called Homeless Man. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So some, okay. So Homeless Man. That's the name of the story. Mm-hmm. Got it. Somewhere in New York City, there's an old homeless man missing both his legs from the knees down. Who's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. And it's really uh, sad because he sits, he sits in front of a footlocker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the great ironies. Um, okay, so this guy is missing both of his feet from the, both both of his legs from the knees down, and he hangs out at a spot along the streets on the corner of Lexington and the East Twenty First near Gramercy, Gramercy Park, a nice area. Approach him after nightfall, give him some change, no pennies, no dimes, and ask him what did you see the other what did you see on the other side. He will then tell you all about his travels to the other realms and times where he where he lost his legs. And how he lost his money. They're in that damn footlocker. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is up to you whether to believe him or not. But as you listen, you'll find yourself being drawn in with every story. You must stay alert or the old man will notice your inattentiveness. And with with a scowl, he will stop imparting his wisdom. All the wisdom that made him a homeless man <laughs> with no legs. legs. Wow, he did everything right. Okay. And with a scowl, he will stop imparting his wisdom. He will chase you as fast as he can, tottering on his stubs. Which is the correct <laughs> word for running on stubs. Yes, tottering on his stubs. The other reason why you must stay alert is to check on the time. Before midnight, you must interrupt him. Do not let him finish whatever story he is telling at you at the moment and say, I've heard enough, old man. Good day and good luck. Then walk away. Make at least two left turns around the block before going about your business. You must do this because anyone who has stayed to listen past midnight is never seen again. At least not in this particular plane of existence. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just got a job at the footlock. All right. So that that one is really, I mean. You can literally do that to any homeless yeah. man you see with no legs. Because they always have a story, but most of the time the story is, uh, you know, big problem, addicted to lollipops. Diabetes <laughs> comes like a thief in the night. <laughs> and all he yearns for is your precious, precious feet. Yes. Uh, all right. This next story is called. The Wonders of Tubers. Hmm. Ever since I was young, everyone has commented on the fact that I look just like a giant potato. (laughs) Strangely, they've never considered the possibility that I am a giant potato. I was born in an abandoned thriftway just one mile from a local nuclear meltdown. My skin was spotted with deep, wet holes. Those were my wonderful ear tubers. During that time, I was quite content just listening. It was so peaceful. 
But then I sprouted my first eye tuber and saw how complex the world really was. I needed to explore it, but how? Limbless and round, it seemed impossible. Fret not, dear readers, for soon I would discover the miracle and majesty of tubers. With just three stout tubers, I was easily able to roll myself out of that place and on towards adventure. Much later, I would encounter my first humans, a gang of children playing in some fields. I watched them, saw how they moved, propelling themselves on two legs and happily grabbing each other. When they left, I was so alone. I wanted to do what they did, and soon I could. Once again, with the magic of tubers. I sprouted two thick appendages for legs and two long, squishy ones for arms. I stood seven foot five inches, and I was glorious. When the children returned to play, I was ready to join in. They sure were surprised to see me. Yeah? I chased them through the field for hours. They cried and screamed, and I listened so carefully, and soon I was crying and screaming right along with them. (laughs) We taught each other so much that day. They taught me the importance of companionship in this cold, cold world, and I taught them how to grow those wonderful tubers. On their hands, their feet, even their eyeballs, big, gushing, bony tubers. They're still out there, playing with their tubers. They've gotten so good at it that they barely look human anymore. All they've bothered keeping is their screaming holes, which they exercise constantly. I always scream back as a courtesy. So whenever I meet a human in some secluded place, and they offer that same old comment and that same trembling voice that humans just seem to have, why, I just stretch my massive screaming hole as wide as I can and whisper, tubers. So he thinks he's really just being the uh, the class clown. He's being fun. <laughs> yeah. He's a wear-potato. He and I think a wear-potato is a good thing to call somebody that you don't like. Sure, but it does seem like he likes the children. He loves the children. Yeah. He's loves just misunderstood. Yeah, just and so whenever yeah. he talks, he screams. Yeah. I mean, we could live in a world where laughter uh, you know, implies suffering and screaming implies happiness. Yeah, he's the Lenny of potatoes. Sure. Except the beginning definitely reminds me of one from Metallica. Like, like oh, him, like, yeah. eyes opening. He's like, doctors. <laughs> all that I see. It's just, that would be pretty sweet. Well, it's you a good what? episode. Metallica good... left out of that song. Thank you for your service. Thank you for <laughs> thank your you service. For, thank you for your service. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough. 
But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Reynolds Wrap. Reynolds Wrap. Potato wedges? Wedges. Olive oil? Salt. Mwah. Well done, hon. Well done, chef. Right. With Reynolds Wrap, cooking becomes so easy, you can feel like the chef of your kitchen. Easy prep, easy cook, easy clean. Reynolds Wrap. This is a story called Curiosity. The detective escorted the parents through the mortuary. I'm so very sorry for this, I have to warn you. This will be a rather large shack. You need to prepare yourselves. He led them to one of the metal drawers and pulled it open, revealing a small body wrapped in white material. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. He asked. Slowly and reluctantly, they nodded. When he pulled aside the sheet, the woman fell down to her knees, crying and retching. The husband lowered himself to her level and buried her face into his chest, squeezing his eyes shut in a failed attempt to remain stoic and calm for his wife. He opened his mouth to speak. But no words came out. He cleared his throat and quietly choked out a few barely audible words. That's... that's her. That's our girl. On the table lay a small child around the age of eight. Her face, arms, and shoulders were half-eaten, with tiny rodent bite marks scattered across her skin. Stiff, white hairs littered her torn dress and matted blonde curls. On the half of her face that remained intact was a joyful, delighted smile, frozen for the rest of time. How? gasped the man. His wife continued to bawl into his shirt, soaking it with her tears. The detective hesitated. We, uh, we pulled her out of a sewage pipe. One arm was bent to her side, the other outstretched in her, uh, her face and shoulders. Well, we, 
you could see. The man stared blankly at the detective, who slowly continued. We're not sure what animal was responsible for this, but, uh, forensics said it might have been rabbits. We're not sure why rabbits would act like this, but, uh, especially when the girl was still, uh... He stopped himself from continuing. Why did we name her Alice? The mother sobbed hysterically into her husband's shoulder. We could have named her anything else. Anything in the world. As the man began to sob as well, (laughs) he placed a hand on his wife's head. In his other hand, he held a tightly crumpled note with an untidy, childlike scrawl that read, I'm going to find my rabbit hole. I know you'll miss me and I'm sorry, but don't be sad. I'm in Wonderland. And she got to meet Tim Burton, <laughs> and she got to hang out with Johnny Depp. Heather Bonham, go ahead. Oh, What's your Bonham Carter? Was Bonnie, it? Bonham Carter, yeah. What's her first name? Helena. Helena Bonham oh Carter. God. She's there. Uh-huh. Johnny Depp will smoke at her. So cool. <laughs> he lives in France in a castle. Yeah, he's got armpit hair all over his body. Mm. <laughs> cool. Don't name your kid Alice. Don't otherwise, do that. she'll get eaten by a bunch of rabbits. I say this is again, I mean, not to victim blame. But if you do it, if you go and get killed by a bunch of rabid rabbits, if that somehow happens to you, sure. you deserve it. It's like I saw a man on the train the other day that he said he had to hold this board out. He was like champion violin player. He said accident rendered him careerless because he lost both of his hands. And it gets yeah. to a point in my head, well, if you were a champion violin player, you'd think you'd avoid any situation <laughs> yeah. where you could get into an accident that would make you lose both your hands. No, he got a job as a chainsaw salesman and it really messed up. <laughs> Wait, both of his hands? So he was both just kind of. So he was. Did he have the cup in a uh, string around his neck? No, he was cold pinching it with his stubs. Uh, yeah. spin- I don't know how he wrote the sign. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Very just, good penmanship. Hey, just because he has no hands does not mean he does not have friends and family. But I would imagine. I mean, I don't know. I, we would have a hard time being friends if we all stopped having hands. Wait, if all three of us stopped having hands? I, and then we would be equal out. Yeah, then we would have to be friends. We would have no choice but to be friends. How would we put on belts? I don't think you have to worry about looking any which way. I would just wear gloves. Claws. I'd be like, oh, definitely got hands. We'd get claws. Yeah, that's exactly awesome. what I would do. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, the thing. You could get two hands. All I think of is Ash from uh, from Evil Dead, where I would just like, I just want to insert my hand into a chainsaw, and that would be me. Just duct tape a fucking clothing hanger to your hands. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. Always getting into people's car windows. Uh, this one is called Try the Meatloaf. Hmm. It was a wet, cold, and cloudy day in New York City back in 1943 that a man walked down a street. He held an umbrella as it rained out. The man approached a dark, abandoned, old building and was all boarded up. It was a downpour outside, so the man pushed the door of the old building open and slid inside. He closed his umbrella and walked further into the dank, wet depths of the building. He heard water dripping somewhere. The man suddenly heard the sound of a meat cleaver chopping up meat downstairs. It's like radio. It's like old-time radio. I'm the sound guy. I'm Michael Winslow. Police account. He looked down a dark staircase at the back of the room. Okay. That's not... You don't know. That's eyeballs. That's that's eyeballs creaking in his skull. (laughs) Yes. The man slowly walked down the stairs into the basement. Hello, he called out. All of a sudden, 
There was a thing in the basement with eight limbs and had rotted red flesh, had a tattered white apron on, glowing blue eyes, fangs and claws on his eight rotted red hands, as well as his two rotted red feet. The monster had pointed ears and roared silently. So he yawned. (laughs) The creature also had a long, dragon-like tail. The being was chopping up a hunk of meat on a little, long, wooden table with a meat cleaver. The man gasped in horror and noticed bones and a human skull down at one end of the long wooden table. The monster stopped slicing the chunk of meat and looked directly at the man. Try the meatloaf. (laughs) The creature told him in a quiet voice and then roared. The man, the man screamed and ran out of the basement, upstairs, out of the building, opening his umbrella and running away as fast as he could. Some people don't like meatloaf. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> it's a human. It's people. Yes. The meatloaf is people, man. Still, he's just trying Try to be the meatloaf. Sweet. He's just trying to be sweet. He's special for the day. You just got yeah. this guy in. He's chopping up. It's like when you get, like, when I had the deviled kidneys from those suckling pigs oh. I got at this Ugh. restaurant in Atlanta. So gross. And the chef, the chef came to the table, and he's just like, the chef got four lovely suckling pigs in this morning, and he wants to do something fun with the kidneys. <laughs> and I was like, please bring them to the final splitter. So disgusting. No, but he said try the meatloaf, I, and then he screamed at him. Come on. I know, I know. He was know. actually nice to me, like, yeah, try the meatloaf. Try. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. He I didn't say be the meatloaf. <laughs> well, I think you become the meatloaf after you try the meatloaf, maybe. Unless yeah. you try the meatloaf, maybe, then you just become his sous chef. Yeah. I don't know. I just always think of Monsters, Inc., yeah, you know, and they were so sweet. Do you always think of monsters? I always think of monsters, <laughs> even Inc. like mid-sex. Oh yeah, <laughs> Billy thinking, Crystal's think voice, John Goodman's pops character. Into your head. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Saturday night. Does you just keep saying to yourself as, so you, about, as you come? So talented, <laughs> Henry. This grim tale of the macabre is called the Sleepwalker. I have dreamed more than once that a man may attain immortality by assiduously avoiding daylight, for it is only by the light of the sun that he ages. Knowing this secret, one might go living indefinitely. Only a few hundred people in the entire world take advantage of this arcane knowledge, moving anonymously by night among the larger cities and actively shun the attention of those who would expose them to the curiosity or worse of the masses. If you've seen one of these extraordinary beings, it is without knowing it, of course. They're at the periphery of the... They're at the periphery of your view one evening at an out-of-the-way tavern. Eyes half-shot, cigarette dangling from shadowy lips, sweeping the change before him on the bar into his pocket just as you arrived. You didn't consciously mark him as he shuffled out of sight with the slow determination of a sleepwalker, but something in you did note him. And his memory returns so quickly and sharply, because this is so. Now that you acknowledge you have seen him, study what little remains to you of his profile, his peculiar slouch. For you will never see this individual again, or rather, he will never let you see him. 
No matter where you search through the blurred end of the night, he will always have left a few steps ahead of you, leaving behind some ashes, a drained bottle next to a sudsy glass, a layer of smoke on the stagnant air. His will be the joke at which the nodding drinkers still laugh, but you will never hear his voice. Unless you go to the 7-Eleven, because that's where I'm working the night shift. <laughs> 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 Fucking right. goths. Oh, man. Cute. I love goths. It's very sweet. That is the huge, that is a 300-pound man with, like, yes. the weird, like, like red contact lenses and a steampunk hat. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a guy tinier than me. That's 140 pounds, six foot tall. But his girlfriend... That's a big girl. <laughs> yeah, could be. Could chain be. wallets. Beautiful woman. Well, chain wallets are always good. Why do people who have chain wallets always look like they have no money in them? You know, because... Always, no one ever... Have you ever wanted to steal a chain wallet? A, I a, had a chain wallet. I had a kick-ass one with flames on it. But I, and then I had another one that had cool. the Metallica logo did on Did we all... Did you... I had the same wallet. You had the same one? The Metallica logo yeah. one? Was it really long? The wallet? No. Yeah, the wallet. It was like uh, that you can put your checks in it. Mine was like the load era, like... <laughs> Like skull with flames, Metallica symbol on it. Mm-hmm. It was a bad time period for all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the late nineties were. Uh, it was a, a strange time. Give me, time. Give me, give me that one now. I don't know what kind of wallet I had. But yeah. <laughs> Thank Probably you. a big one because of how big your butt is. I do use the same kind of currency, though. Mm. Oh, that's right. So. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So now this one is called the Tiger. Now we only have a few more left. Yeah, we've only got a couple left. Yeah. The tiger and the persimmon? Mm-hmm. Pers- persimmon. 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 Mm-hmm. The tiger and the persimmon by Ben Kissel. The tiger well, it's not written persimmon. by me. The persimmon? The tiger and the persimmon. The tiger. This is a story about a cat and its fruit. Yeah. Is that what a persimmon is? A persimmon is a fruit. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. It's like a gay apple. Oh, really? Huh. All right. A fancy apple. The tiger and his fancy gay apple persimmon. All right, so uh, this is a fun little story here. One night, a tiger came down to a village to eat a child and peeped into the window of a certain house. The child was crying, and the mother said, A tiger is coming for you. But the child did not stop. When the tiger saw this, he thought to himself, This kid's not scared of me at all. The mother then said, If you stop crying, I'll give you dry persimmon. Okay. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, if you, st- if you don't stop crying, she's going to give him dry persimmon. So the child immediately stopped crying, and the tiger thought, what a fearful thing a dry persimmon must be. And gave up the idea of eating the child and went to the cow shed to steal a cow. Just at that moment, a robber came, intending also to steal a cow. <laughs> Mistaking the tiger for a cow, he got, a, he, got, he got astride him and rode off. The tiger thought, this must be the persimmon, and ran off at full speed. The people of the house had heard the noise and praised a hu- and raised a hue and a cry, but the robber whipped up his cow and escaped. When the day dawned, the robber realized his error and jumped off the tiger in a panic. The tiger also felt relieved. <laughs> so, that's, so that's good. I guess it's kind of a win-win. You would just be, I can imagine you in this, like you a thousand years ago as you though, but yeah. as the town storyteller and they're like, can we please change storytellers? <laughs> No. He fi- He seems to be hungover and sarcastic. No, no, no. These are the stories. He does not tell the story of the tiger and the persimmon with the drama must be. But first of all, what is persimmon? Yes. It's a gay fruit, son. No! Yes. All right. All right. Kind of scary, though. 
Kind of scary. A lot of confusion. Is a lot of confusion. Is it a cow or is it a tiger? You have to be pretty fucking know. dumb <laughs> to yeah. think it's a ti- man. A cow or a tiger? Yeah. Yeah. You could pick them out. Oh, I know the difference. Yeah. Even yeah. even in the dark, I think you could do it. Sure. You can just close your close your eyes and lick. And you could tell the difference. Ugh, <laughs> yeah. I like. I think that's a good uh, name. When yeah. you run for congressman, yeah. <laughs> close like, your go, eyes and lick. Vote Kissel. <laughs> what? All right, this is our last story. It's called Sonic the Fucking Hedgehog. Oh my! Yeah. Once upon a time, I was a big Sonic fan. Sonic was like my fucking wife. I loved him for life, and one day I'd be able to fuck him and have millions of humanoid babies if I meet him in real life. One day I was jerking my cock as cum splattered all over my big ass lips. <laughs> when I realized a new Sonic game coming out called Sonic the Cocksucking Hedgehog in the adventure of Eggman's Pussy Sack. And I was excited as fuck! And I picked up my little masturbating ass up and waddled over my Macintosh shitty computer edition and looked up new Sonic games. And it was fucking false as my dog's cock. And it was actually called Sonic's Vagina Operation, in which Sonic has to take out Omi Race's dick and turn it into a vagina like mess with blood and cum all over the place, and it's rated early childhood. I ordered a copy off of eBay, and it said two million years the game will arrive. Then two minutes later, the game arrived! The mailman gave it to me as I fucking pissed in his ugly-ass face as I opened up the game and slammed it into my Nintendo fuck system. The game said it was not available for purchase until 2 million, 2014 AD, if that was possible. I threw a fuck fit and smashed my fucking TV. I later jumped out a window and ate all the drugs and later committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> right. Man, that just sounded like Holden McNeely from the round table of gentlemen. <laughs> Talking about fucking video games. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, this is just what an episode. We've been on a lot of different journeys today, huh? A lot of journeys. Yeah, We've yeah. all learned a lot. We huh? did learn what a, a lot. What a persimmon is. Sure. <laughs> what a Great. persimmon is not. Right? Grays have eating disorders. They're anorexic. Mm-hmm. Yes. We learned that. And the internet. It, it did bad for everyone. <laughs> yes. Remember when they t- sold us on the internet as if it was going to be a great curator of intelligence and I, knowledge? I remember there's mm-hmm. being like, you can have a conversation with someone in Asia. Whoa. Or from someone in Asia. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So well, dumb. Actually- Epcot was big on talking to little Asian girls. Epcot was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The world of tomorrow. Yeah, right. but it was always a little Asian girl you're talking to, and it was some grown man talking to her. I mean, well, and can... now you realize that's human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, in Williamsburg, it seems to be very, the future is now. <laughs> There's a lot of Asian girls with big, fat, ugly men. Yeah. Oh, yes. Are they purchased? <laughs> no. Well, who knows? There's a lot of wealthy people in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. But either way, my goodness, what a fun creepy pasta this was. Yeah, it was great. We went on a lot of different roads. I yep. feel good. Yeah. I feel clean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got to yell, and you know how much I love to yell. I don't get sure. to do it very often, but no. when I do, I look at me, look at how relaxed I am. Yeah, yeah. You look great. I'm, You're I'm, not vibrating anymore. I'm a chill, Bill, brother. Barely shaking, yeah. and that's good for Marcus. That is yeah. good for Marcus. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so let's see. What do we have? Do we have anything to announce? Well, we've got uh, plenty of stuff going on. I mean, shit, man, we're coming to uh, the UK. The tickets are on sale. Uh, our, we're going to Manchester or Salford. Sal- Salford. Uh, and London. London is almost sold out okay. already. So, guys, get your tickets 
right now. Go to gatesandtours.com and search last podcast on the left. Uh, Manchester is getting real close to go get your tickets now because these are the we're coming in October uh, and we're it's fucking what May. Yeah, yeah, it's May. It's May and the tickets are already almost sold out. So go get your tickets now. And before that. We're coming to Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. We're coming to Atlanta uh, either June 16th or 18th. One of the We're two. It's 16th. The, the 16th. We're coming to Atlanta on June 16th. We're uh, going to be playing at The Earl, which I hear is an awesome venue. It's awesome. Yeah, I it, fucking right. love it. It's in East Atlanta. I love Atlanta. I cannot wait to do a show there. Yeah. And that show is also Almost sold out. So That's get your great. tickets now. I mean, we got people coming from fucking Florida to come see this show. Whoa. All the way from Florida. Tuscaloosa. Oh, my goodness. I hear one of them's a music man and another one sells oh. books. <laughs> we got to take that book-selling man and burn him at the stake. I hate books. <laughs> awesome. And, and then in July, we're coming to Los Angeles. Don't forget, we're doing uh, our live uh, showing of uh, the last podcast on the left yes. cut of Hexen. Yeah, which is, and that one as well is almost sold out. Guys, I mean, thank you so much for all of the shows that you're supporting. Shit, we just came back with two sold out shows in Chicago. Chicago so was fucking amazing. Chicago was amazing. I didn't get to comment on Chicago. I fucking loved it. We, it was, uh, Chicago's great, very attractive people. Yep. Um, I got very drunk. Yes. Yeah, extremely drunk. Give yes. me more Malort. More Malort. No, less I, Malort for me. Mark, Marcus actually liked it. I did. What? I yeah, disgusted. So I, li- I liked it, then I hated it, and then I wanted more. Ooh, yeah. It's just ooh. very bizarre. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's got like I love vinegar, and it's got like a vinegar <laughs> taste. Like I love like vinegar, and you know how I mean, you know how much I love pickles. Uh, yeah. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of like a, a pickle memory. You know? Ugh. No, it's pickle a- memory <laughs> just sounds like a fucking the smell of a fucking toilet spray. <laughs> yeah, it tasted like. Abraham Lincoln's top hat right now. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> disgusting. If you <laughs> ate a fucking hat from whatever. Yeah. And we've also I, got a couple more shows that are, uh, we're, uh, we're coming back to Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, that one is in the works right now. Uh, and we've got a couple of other shows that we're working on. Awesome. Uh, so thank you guys so much. The only reason why we can do this is because you uh, mm-hmm. donated to our Patreon campaign. That's patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. The more you guys give, the more cool stuff we're going to be able to do and the more cities we're going to be able to come to. Uh, yeah. And we can even, you know, it's possible that we've got some small tours coming up in the future and that stuff seriously is only possible because of you guys. So if yep. you want to support the show, uh, please go to uh, patreon.com slash last podcast on the left if you think we deserve it. I mean, we love doing this show, uh, and the more uh, support we get, uh, the more we can do uh, for you guys because we That's got the right. best fucking listeners in the world. Uh, and even when, you know what, man, even when people complain about the episode being a little bit late, man, it's, it ain't the worst problem in, in the world <clears throat> to have that people are uh, excited about what you put out to the point of impatience. Yeah, yeah. we did oh, right. good, and we just went on vacation. It was nice. I went on my first ever vacation. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I did not go on vacation. No, no. you didn't. You no. stayed at work I like stayed, a fucking I that, the creatures that lived under the ground in the yeah. uh, in the center uh. of the earth book. Yeah. Yes, I always li- I like to work. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went back to Texas and killed a bunch of snakes. Very I, good. I rented a yellow Camaro. <laughs> I will look like such an asshole. Yeah. I look like Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack everywhere. I go pulling into it with like a fucking yellow Camaro, just yeah. like but playing everybody's working for the weekend. Well, I think the the irony of having a yellow Camaro, a Camaro is you don't realize everyone's kind of laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I had a blast though. It yeah. goes so fast. Yeah, 
Well, I'm happy you left. I had a Guy Fieri sunburn the entire time where my sunglasses <laughs> just burnt around my sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I love Guy Fieri. <laughs> and uh, if you guys want uh, last podcast on the left uh, t-shirt, go to cavecomedyradio.com uh, slash merch. You can get one there. We've got some new t-shirts in the works right now that uh, we're going to be coming out with soon. Uh, but yep. thank you guys uh, so much. Follow us on Twitter at LP on the left, on Instagram at LP on the left. I'm at Instagram at Marcus Parks. And go check out my music show, The Lucky Bone show at mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. Yeah. Yep. I'm, on, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Fantasy if you want to see my trials and tribulations. Yep. Oh. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Still don't have my Instagram password. I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Henry Loves You. And we got a lot on Twitter. For us, is at LP on the left as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for supporting all the shows. Roundtable of Gentlemen. Uh, listen to that. Get drunk with your friends. Have a good time. Abling us top hat for everything politics, sex, and other human activities for uh, mental health advice. And yeah. if you want to hear Henry's sister to talk about her vagina. China, and uh, and of course, page seven for your entertainment needs. And hail Satan. And if you're in San Francisco and you want a good ghost tour, check out the Haunted Hate walking tour. It was pretty Ooh, fucking cool. sweet. And we, Jim Jones' house. And we've also got some uh, thank yous for people that have sent us some awesome shit. I uh, want to say thank you uh, to Derek Smith uh, for sending us an awesome little Freddy Krueger bobblehead. Oh my God, it's so it, great. Yeah, a sweet uh, Uncle Acid shirt for me. A uh, bunch of great books. Uh, I also want to thank... Let's see here. Who else sent a shit? We got a lot of so stuff this stuff. month. Uh, yeah, Abby Tomoshkik. Oh, Tomoshkik. Uh, Abby Tomoshkik, thank you very much. Uh, and also, I forgot. Here, someone look. sent us a bunch of craft beer. Uh, no bunch, shit. Yeah, a bunch of really cool shit. Uh, and also, uh, thank you uh, to Haley, Pete, and Kyle uh, from uh, Metro for sending us a nice little picture and a sticker. And just Aww. generally for showing us They an were awesome incredible. T- you guys were incredible. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time Tomashik. we're in Chicago. Tomashik. Tomashik? Yeah, Tomashik. it's like a Midwestern name. Oh, very good penmanship. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Domuscarily good. Yeah. Abby Tomashik. Yeah, Abby was the one that sent us the beer. Woo, thank yeah, you, Abby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you. and if you guys want to, if you guys want to send us anything, uh, uh, send it to uh, Creek in the Cave, Kara Marcus Parks, uh, or Kara Last Podcast on the left, uh, ten ninety three Jackson Avenue, uh, Long Island City, New York, one 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 zero. One. Very good. Nice job, Marcus. Thank you very much. I've only been working here six years. That's all. perfect. <laughs> all Hail right. me. Hail yourselves. Hail Geen. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue.